Morning, David. Morning, sir. How are you, more importantly? I haven't asked you how you are. Absolutely. Yes, I am. I'm doing well. I am. Um, my heart's beating. My eyes are open to the wonders of cinema. Yeah. I've already spat on my laptop, which is not a good sign. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Random Movie Generator. Uh, uh, each week... Um, David gives us some movie news, some movie tips. He reviews a movie, and at the end of the episode, he picks a movie randomly to review next week. Was that really boring? No, not at all. I mean, it's important before any uh, game, TV show, or format, you've got to pitch it to the audience. Yeah. yeah. Do they want in? Is this is this going to hook them in? You know what I mean? Are they part of the uh, the plan, the mission? David. Yes. This is a movie podcast. Uh, it's Absolutely. all about movies. It's about you. It's about me. It's about yep. movies. Cinema. What's the question I want to ask? Because I feel like we've we've been treading over this question a few few times. But does cinema still excite you? Um. Yes, a- absolutely. I think um, I'm starting to realise more and more that um, I think a cinema with me, it's a lot about the anticipation and the hype. I think sometimes I hype it too much up in my head, and then afterwards, I there you know I do meet quite a few anticlimaxes. What's going on I in think, your head as you walk into a cinema? Um, this could be a significant. This could be the one. Do you know what I mean? It's like a and kind what of. What does um, the one look like? It's it's wrapped up in a lot of nostalgia. I think. I think you're always chasing the dragon. It's almost as like um, Paul Greengrass did an interview recently. The guy did um, uh, the majority of the Bourne films and uh, the Bourne Ultimatum, like the, uh, the the ones that became particularly big. And also he did the, um, what was that Tom Hanks film? Captain... Um, oh, Crunch. Uh, wasn't Captain Crunch. Uh, similar to it, though. I was nearly going to say yes. It was um, Captain... America. Um, Paul uh, not Captain America. Courageous. No, it, uh, not Captain Courageous. It wasn't that one. Captain it Come was, Back Here. Wasn't Captain Come Back Here. It was Captain Phillips. There we go. Uh, which is a bit of an anticlimax, really. Do you know what I mean? When you think of all the other names you just um, shared with me. What would the film Captain Come Back Here be about? It would be. Um, it would be a kind of. Uh, uh, the opposite to a mutiny, where the, the rest of the crew just leave. They don't get him to leave the boat. It's like an actual fact. We're just going. We're packing up. And then in the trailer, you see him with a megaphone saying, come back here. I'm the captain. Captain, come back here. Yeah. You know, who's going to open the sails? Who's going to, you know, um, uh, wash the decks? So, um, and, that, and that would be it, basically. So, Paul Greengrass said... Um, so I'm going to get to my point. No, now. that's my fault for talking about. No, not at all. I should, tr- I should try and remember film titles because that is what the this is the uh, focus of the podcast. I'm crying out loud. Right. Okay. So ultimately, uh, he said that um, for him, filmmaking is all about going back to um, that sweet spot of watching films when you're about uh, eight to eleven. They were the exact years he spoke about. Really, eight said to eleven. Ev- eight to eleven. He mm. says, Paul Greengrass. And he said um, every film he goes to, he's always trying to chase that nostalgia or he's trying to create that experience for other people. And he says you can almost feel your brain being rewired as you have these cinematic experiences at a young age. You know, so when you're growing up watching things like Empire Strikes Back and uh, all those classic Lucas and Spielberg films, it's like you're, um, you're a drug addict just chasing that dopamine high. Is it possible to get that feeling again, David? I got it a bit with um, some David Fincher films in the 90s with things like uh, Fight Club and Seven. Yeah, but you were a uh, teen then, weren't you? Or yeah, I know. And then perhaps, the, you know, that is that second wave of your brain being pushed into a new 
kind of realm. The early Wes Anderson films like Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums, I remember getting a bit of a, uh, the old cinematic G-spot was pressed then. Well, actually, your G-spot's been prodded in the last five years. June, I would say, got the nearest to that. Denise Fadil, I haven't pronounced his surname correctly at all. Good job I don't actually interact with these people because I'd be burning bridges left, right and centre. <laughs> I really would be. I, yeah. I've never been able to uh, pronounce that name. It's a disaster. Well, let's, let's work it out now. Please. Absolutely. Maybe I should try and work these things out off air. Dennis you know, Villeneuve? Villeneuve. That's exactly it. You've, you've said it in one. Okay. Villeneuve. I've got to break them down like a dinosaur's name, like a vil and nerve, a vil nerve. What do you call a, a dinosaur who hides from other dinosaurs? Hydosaurus. Do you think he saw us? Uh, there you Doesn't go. Quite work. No, that works very yeah. well. What's the director of June? Uh, Denise Villeneuve. <laughs> Was that right? <laughs> Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Villeneuve. God, yeah. I doubted myself then for yeah. a second. Um, yeah. June, I would say, was very close to getting that massive um, heroin sort of in the veins and a shot of, um, you know, street-based narcotics wandering into your, into your system. I'd just like to say hello to everyone who watch, who watching us live. Absolutely. Josh, Thanks Richard, Nicola, Mike, Paula, Kay Blackie, Dr. Greggles, Jeff Dale, Guy Anderson, Richard Bayliss and everyone else. Thank you very much for watching uh, us do this live. I'm, I'm kind of amazed these people, it's very good of these people to um, to watch us live. It's kind of, a, do you know what I mean? Amazing, really, isn't it? It's just, it's good that people, it's incredibly good. It's Thank you very much, genuinely. Worth doing Coming a thank along. you song quickly? Absolutely. Three seconds long. Thank you, I love Stop. you, I love you. It felt a bit cliched, really. I love you, I, I love you, I love you. I don't know what that was about. That was a bit needy, that love you, I love you, I love you. Thank you, thank you. Don't, never leave me. Yeah. So you're trying to you're trying to repeat that feeling from when you were 8, 9, 10, 11. And you did get it recently with June. Yeah, a few years what ago. What did June I mean, do, David, which created it? It was like an adult version of Star Wars. It had that mythological, um, uh, that that mythological hero on a journey, Luke Skywalker vibe. But it's for a more older, grittier uh, audience. And also, um, his visual style and editing, Denise Valneuve, if I've got that right, um, it's got almost like a, like a surreal, meditative vibe to it. And um, it definitely had that kind of like um, it had that Harry. Po it's almost like Harry Potter meets HBO gritty adult drama with a Game of Thrones politics wound in. Also, the villain, the Baron, that he had a real sinister quality to it. And I haven't had that kind of reaction to a villain where I felt quite un, uh, at an ease towards it. The last time I, I had that with a villain was um, the Bond film. Oh, which Bond film was that? Was that No Time to Die? Or? No, what was it? The, the guy with the blonde hair, the act that too. Oh, um, Skyfall. Wonderful, yes. wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. His entrance is quite amazing, isn't it? When mm. Bond's tied up in the chair and he walks down that massive hallway surrounded by all the computers. I know this is putting a lot on you, but if you had have been... Imagine the next Bond film, you are the villain. You you did an audition, you got it, you you got home, you're like, oh my god, you're ringing all your friends, your family. I'm I'm in the new Bond film. What are you playing? I'm playing the villain. Oh my god, what's the villain called, David? Serious? Like, it's got take it seriously. What would what would the villain be called in the new Bond film? Cycling Maximus, something like that. Cycling, some kind of Latin kind of name. Cy cycling, not cycling. <laughs> Not cycling, cycling. Should we change it? Cause it sounded like cycling. Should we change it slightly? Yeah, maybe not cycling. Because um, Bond, imagine he entered. Uh, exactly. Morning cycling. Exactly. Um, it would be something kind of... Uh, oh, I'm overthinking it. Yeah, um, quick, you've got two seconds. One, two, go. Go. Lawrence Sprodrick. Lawrence Sprodrick. Sprodrick. So it's like British, so he's got an MI5 background, but also there's a German-European robotic element to him. Right, can we do his entrance? 
Lawrence Sproderick. Are you going with that, or do you think that's quite It's a weak? bit silly. Oh, right, okay, don't... Um... What about Shelliard? Lawrence yeah, Shelliard. Lawrence Shelliard, that would be good, definitely. Lawrence Shelliard. Okay, this is, this is your introduction. This is our introduction okay. to Lawrence Shelliard. Please do it seriously. Here Do we, we go. Need any background on him, or are we just going to go? Maybe with we this? just maybe we hear the background through your dialogue. Okay, but not expositionally. You know, let's let's do this seriously. Go. Ah, Mr. Shelliard. 007. What a disappointment! You are um, somewhat of an anticlimax after the uh, fanfare that surrounds you every time you wander into town and cost me a lot of money. Why should I be worried about you? There's several reasons you should be worried about me. Number one, the safety of Britain. Number two, your own safety. And number three, that pretty looking face, your woman sidekick, who we're about to do some um, disassembling to until you give me the data and information I require. Alright, alright, alright. Oh, fucking hell, I went weirdly light-headed then. I'm seeing stars. <laughs> Does that work, or... I don't know... I tried to put a lot of anger into that, some fucking aggression. Fucking hell, I went all... I've actually saw stars then. Why? Film stars? No, stars. Like, I was going to find Enough oxygen. Why? Yeah, something like that. Richard Locke says, he's a nasty piece of work, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he certainly is. He's angry. Guy Anderson says, great performance. Camerax says, disassembling too. Yeah, absolutely. Dissembling the uh, the lady's body, which, you know, these days isn't appropriate. But if you want to get information from a spy... The old tactics are sometimes the best tactics. David Edwards Movie News. David, have you got any movie news this week? Movie news. Absolutely. Morning, Mandy. Morning, sweetheart. Oh, here she comes. Don't there we just go. Be nice. Don't morning, Mandy. Morning, sweetheart. Uh, morning, Mandy. Sorry. Uh, you know, morning, man. Morning, Mandy. David posted Sorry, a jewel to, to my address. Same for a second, but you know. Last hang on, week. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What did you just say? David posted a jewel David to my address. David posted a jewel. Yes, jewel. To my address. To my address. Last week. Last week. Is that Latin for dick pic jewel or? I don't understand. Is that like... We have to watch it with her. She's got an erotic circuit board, isn't she? She's very much kind of... Anything's an innuendo with her. Did you mean a jewel? As in, like, one I'd found that I that you'd auction? A jewel. For money? J-E-W-E-L. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You posted a jewel. Mm, I don't well, think so. I'm very did. hard on cash with the energy crisis at the you moment. Did. I didn't start buying jewels and sending them to robots. Yes. A diamond. She just in the said, post. "Well, you did." And what's oh, a jewel? Was it a bracelet or a or a diamond or a? You a, know, earring? you posted pearl? it, big boy. Forget it's it. A pearl jewel. I don't quite. Um. She said, "Forget it." It's already forgotten. Absolutely insane. So have, you got, yeah. have you got any movie news, Dave? Amnesia. That's it. Not insomnia. Amnesia. Um, movie news. A lot happening. Well, I mean, the big thing that they're all talking about in Hollywood Tinseltown on the old blogs and everything is... Uh, sorry, David. Mouth- I'm just sorry. I thought so, you'd like this. Gemma Casey said, Erotic Circuit Board is the best Bond villain so far. Or um, a great title for a Bond movie. Erotic Circuit Board. The th- can you imagine the theme song? Get Depeche Mode in for that. Yeah. Erotic th- circuit board. Yeah. But I've, got to, I've got to add more to my music. I just, like, shout the actual title. <laughs> yeah. I'm, to be, um, I'm trying to think. Bits and bytes, zero and digits. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah It's yeah. not going anywhere. To sorry. Movie, for everyone listening, just wanting to hear some movie news, I'm sorry for butting in. Here we go. Movie news. 
Right, here's let, let's hit you some with some real big movie news. Basically, uh, the Super Mario Brothers um, has been a massive hit, enormously so. In its first weekend, um, it grossed over $325 million. So you've got to remember, even like the big Marvel Avengers film, it takes several months to gross over a billion dollars. And um, Mario Brothers has managed to do one third of a billion dollars in a weekend. So it's going to go on to make loads of money. And Sorry, is this, just, I, I, is this just gone out? I've, I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah, the Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, they've got a big animated movie Oh, I didn't know. Out. I didn't know. Oh, massively. I'm sure your kids will be really uh, biting at the bit to go and watch it in a big, big way. And um, they, they say it's one of the reasons it's done so well is it's one of the first five quadrant films. That in, in Hollywood, they call four quadrant films a movie like Jurassic Park, whereby it attracts all genders and all ages, as in like, um, you know, uh, teenagers, 20s, uh, middle age and retirement. But they say with Mario, he's such an iconic figure that you've got really, really young kids who are five or six who play Nintendo Switches. Then you have older people now over retirement age who grew up in the 80s playing Nintendo games. So it's got the widest target audience uh, that a film's ever captured. Because they say the film itself is very pedestrian. It's very, and I've seen it, it is very, very basic. There's nothing new or interesting. It's not like the Lego movie where they've done something new and unique. They played it very, very David, carefully. Jez says, Mario is bloody great. Not sure why it got bad reviews. Toodlebug says, I love the Mario Brothers movie. Made me feel like a kid again. And Jez said, I agreed. Agreed. There you go. I mean, that's what... It, it's a massive nostalgia pill. It really is. I enjoyed the first 15 to 20 minutes. And I thought, this is very bright nice engaging animation i like the nostalgia winks and nods it's like oh there's bowser and you know and whatnot but i thought um after a while the narrative is very lazy and basic but don't get me wrong that's not why people have gone to see it they want that big screen nostalgia experience um and it's made a hell of a lot of money and the other thing the thing the industry is now saying is that video game adaptations are going to be the next big craze and it'll probably overshadow um, comic books because Marvel's place on the throne is becoming quite unsteady, particularly with the last Ant-Man film where the reviews were very lacklustre and in the second week the box office really, really dropped. But the whole video game craze makes sense in the sense that you've got such a massive built-in audience because Hollywood can make 10 to 20 billion a year if it's had a good year, whereas video games will make 100 to 200 billion dollars a year. The video game industry massively overshadows the film industry. And also now we've got to a point where everyone's played video games. A six-year-old's got a Nintendo Switch. and Not in, a this, four- not in this house, it hasn't. Well said, sir. Well said. Don't feed them the techno drug too early, for crying out loud. Keep, them, uh, keep their system and mind pure from the Mario Sonic madness. But um, now we've come to a period where pretty much everyone has played video games. Do you know what I mean? Video games isn't just for um, geeks who live in a basement. Do you know what I mean? Who are like in their 20s getting stoned. You know, it's a case of like everyone, or it, it could be like um, uh, a mother playing Candy Crush on her mobile phone or playing Mario Run on her mobile a phone. A mother playing Candy Crush. I know, Crush. I know. It's, it's, it's a bit of a stereotypical um, character <laughs> plucked from the sky there that everyone in some way can interface with video games because they've grown up with them now Mm. or they've got some form of screen that allows them to interact with the form of a video game and the video games are the future david as i said six months ago on this very podcast cinemas as we know them will die out and turn into video gamer drones that's a possibility. Massive possibility. Neil Blomkamp, the guy who directed District 9, um, it did a really interesting interview. He said that films and video games, they're quite different experiences. And George Lucas has said that uh, in the sense that, um, you know, cinema is very much about a passive voyeuristic experience of watching from afar and being fed a narrative by an author. Whereas video games are more of a narrative space you enter, interact with and naturally a a unique narrative appears within it 
by entering that space and, as I say, interacting and immersing with it. The Citadel of Chaos. Absolutely. Do you remember The You're Citadel quite... of Chaos? Well, there's a new Netflix show called The Citadel, isn't there? By the Russo brothers that's about spies in a city setting. The Citadel um, of Chaos by Steve Jackson. Do you remember that? No, I don't at all. Is that linked to video games or? Do you remember those books, those kind of experiential, experiential books where you choose oh, your own story, your own path? Absolutely. I used to remember reading Indiana Jones and Famous Five versions of that. Right. That City There of Chaos, wonderful book. The Citadel of Chaos is a single-player adventure game book written by Steve Jackson and illustrated by Russ Nicholson, originally published by Puffin Books in 83. The title is the second game book in the Fighting Fantasy series. It was later republished by Wizard Books. The Citadel of Chaos is a fantasy scenario in which the player takes the role of an adventurer and magician hero, must navigate the hazardous castle of the evil wizard Balthard Steyer. To confront Dyer, the player must avoid monsters and collecting several artefacts that allow passage past the guardians into the villain's inner rectum. There we go. Blimey. I'll tell you one thing that reminds me of all that. Do you remember the um, Charlie Brooker um, Black Mirror episode, Bandersnatch? where um, he turned it into an interactive TV show. And that really divided audiences. Some did not like the idea of how... They wanted to hear Charlie Brooker's take on that episode. How it, had, it was almost like a surreal drug dreamscape episode about video game designers. Whereas other people loved the band Snatch idea where they could take over the narrative and redirect it. But it was a real divide there. And personally for me, I remember eating a pizza, watching it, and every now and then it would pause the, the episode and you would ask, right, do you want them to go that direction, that direction, just like Citadel? And I found it a real um, uh, laborious activity. I was like, I don't, you know, having to put my pizza down every now and then and work out the next chapter of the actual oh, episode. Right. It didn't gel with me at all. It yeah. made me realize that... You want to sit back and be taken on a Sorry, journey. Sorry, I know. I remember the. I remember the episode you're telling me about now. Yeah, you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But most people loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, thank you, Dad. Have you got any bite-sized movie news as we got a rattle along this morning? Because Plymouth are playing Exeter. Have we got any bites? So not a problem. Uh, Del Toro is going to be doing a Frankenstein movie, right? And Andrew Garfield is is going to be in that. Um, another um, piece of oh, uh, the other thing that's um, interesting is they had Star Wars Celebration last week, and they finally announced three new Star Wars films because the last two have put. Sorry, I know, I know. No, no, not you. Just I, I don't even know what. I I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Whatever. I was slightly uh, underwhelmed by the announcement. Really, I was hoping for more. Um, they're going to do another film with Disney, uh, Daisy Ridley's character, um, Ray. They're just like, well, no, I don't know. Carry on. She was in the last Star Wars um, trilogy that starts with The Force Awakens. James Manigold is going to do a Star Wars film set at the very beginning of the Jedi religion, and it's going to have a Ben-Hur vibe. And obviously James Manigold's very much in with the Lucasfilm group because um, he's just directed Indiana Jones 5. And they're doing another. They're doing a movie, which boring. is boring. Quite... Yeah. Not you, well, just no, that no, no. universe. I, um, it, um, it's dead to me. Kill me. Star Wars is Star Wars. It's three I, well, Star yeah. Wars. Star. It's three Star Wars movies. End of. Simple as that. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think. I think it all just went downhill after. How after many Jedi. are there now, David? If you. Oh well, the they've collection. done not. They've done nine of the Luke Skywalker fra- franchise. You know, the, the actual, they've done three trilogies there. And then they've done um, spin-off films from that. They did Solo. They did Rogue One. Is there any of them, are any of them good? Where you go, now this will blow your pants off. No, not no. really. I mean, Solo had some merit to it. I think that was just too nastily attacked. I think the idea of Harrison Ford having no involvement, the fans didn't like at all. But it had some merit. It wasn't great. Rogue One was good in places. The TV show that's based on Rogue One, um, that's on Disney Plus. But the third film they're doing, just so people know, is a uh, big 
climax to the Mandalorian TV show. So it's a film that's going to be linked to a Disney Plus TV show. Mandalorian is a um, it's a very successful Star Wars. Do you know TV what I'm show. thinking of, David? The crows in the nest. Just noise, just internet noise, just squeaking into your ear. That's how I felt. It's got to be said that big unveilment about those three films. I did start feeling as you feel now, which is depressing because I'm a big Star Wars yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. I just feel you're like a massive fan, and even you're tired of it. When are they gonna get the bloody message? Well, the thing is, though, they promise far more interesting directors like Taki Wati. Who? Taki. Oh God, here we go. Focus. That's a. I was thinking about his name yesterday in the car before this, and I was getting it right as I was driving through the traffic, and now I've lost it again. Taki, flipping heck, man. This is... Talk. Now it's gone. I just... Um, it's just completely left me, the name. It's an actual f- uh, mental disability I- I've got here. I need to get a, a CAT scan, I think. Um, Taki. Taki. Um, I keep wanting to say Torquay, the place. Um, Watty. What is his name? I had it in the car. I was driving along. I've remembered it. Torquay, Watty. God, what a... I mean, um, it's, not, it's not an easy name. What is it? Just, just say it's... He was originally going to do a Star Wars film, and that was dropped. Damon Lindelof was going to do one, The Creator of Lost. Mm-hmm. That was dropped. And uh, Tucky... And um, there was also going to do the, um, the the female director to Wonder Woman was going to do a um, an X-wing Spitfighter style movie, and all these films which sounded great have just been dropped, so they've been replaced by these very generic safe bets. What's the what, what's, what's his name? What's, what's his name? We can't leave. Oh, that. okay. Um, his name is T A I K I. Yeah. Taiki. Yeah. Taiki Wati. Is it Wati? Watiti? Well, it's Watiti. Taika, Taika Watiti? This is terrible podcasting. <laughs> Dear God. Can you imagine if we did a live event of podcasting, me just trying to get my head I around... I reckon if he listened to that, he'd fucking love that those last two or three minutes. Oh, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, thank you very much, David, for this week's movie news. Not a problem, sir. Thank you for listening. I need to learn these people's names. What's his name? Taiki Watiti. Merci beaucoup. Oh, thank God. Okay, thank you. There we go. Uh, Treb on to you. Very good. David Edwards Movie Review. David. This week's movie review, I have no, I can't remember for the life of me. It feels like ages ago we did this. What are you reviewing this week? American Werewolf in London. Oh, mama! Absolutely, sir. Now, positive? I mean, no, 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 it's not for, no, I shouldn't be asking that. Come on, what's your experience? Here we go. My experience of it was... Um, yeah, I could totally see why it's a classic. Very, very positive. But watched it in one sitting. But oh no, but oh really? No, but at all. I think in in some ways I didn't think it was. Um, it, it's it's quite experimental and quite dark in places. Uh, there there were scenes that I completely forgot about, and I was like, "What is this?" Um, what what scenes? Well, there's one bit where um, you think the main character. Uh, I've forgotten his name. David? Um, is it David? Is David. Well remembered. My own, what, our name for crying out loud. I was about <laughs> yeah. to say ownership of it. Though. You don't just own it, Edwards. Yeah. There's also Captain Earl. Oh, there's loads uh, of us. Perhaps even a, a TV channel with that generic. Yeah. But um, it's very much, there's one bit where he, um, you think he's gone back home to America from the hospital because he's with his family. I don't know if you mm. remember this scene. Oh, it's just the, the um, home invasion. Yes, by Nazi It's fucking monsters. horrible, isn't it? Horrific, and yeah. I completely forgot about You've it. You've just reminded me now. That's a ho- that is the moment in the movie when I was 11, 12, where, yeah, I hated it. Gosh. They got masks on. and Yeah, they have. It's just grotesque. Yeah. And I thought, oh, right, has he gone back to... 
I said, I don't remember him going back to America because yeah. he seemed very like, you know, he'd gone back with his family to recoup. And I was like, all oh, right, did he go back to London after that then? Because, you know, he's fallen in love with the nurse character. Um, but yeah, some surreal moments. The opening is amazing in, in the bar, you know, the Rick Mail cameo where the whole bar goes silent, almost like a League of Gentlemen vibe. Okay. You're not local. Let's rewind a bit. For those of you who have not seen American movie in London, American werewolf in London, or not seen an American movie in London, but it's a British movie. Isn't it? Anyway, for those of you who have not seen American werewolf in London, what's it about? Without any spoilers. Without any spoilers, you have um, two uh, American students. They go backpacking from America around London. Uh, they're in the Yorkshire Dales. They get lost in the Dales and they get um, they go into a pub. They're unwanted there uh, because they're not part of the local um, sort of, you know, legal gentleman element, a small village. We don't want outsiders, particularly Yanks here. They leave the pub. It's raining. It's dark. And they're in the Dales and they get attacked by a werewolf. Uh, the friend dies, but he survives. But he's been um, clawed by the demon, the furry demon. And um, he's slowly, he's being uh, looked after in a local hospital by a nurse that he starts to have a romance with. As you do, as you do. We're only, you know, we're only, but beneath that werewolf, there's a beating man's heart. And he's slowly transformed into a werewolf as the full moon appears. A very, very famous scene, isn't it? That that was back in Oh, the and the special effects are incredible. Still. Uh, still. Don't you talk uh, to me like that. Oh, absolutely. Don't you. <laughs> Are they really? Away, you know? Do they hold up? They're bloody brilliant. And because it's a live action with animatronics, Rick Baker did it. And um, because it's live action with animatronics, CGI just can't do it. CGI wouldn't better recreate that. Well, maybe now because, I mean, you know, we're in the realm of Avatar 2. But it's just it. And also the music, Blue Moon. That's not how it goes. It's like I'm doing bright eyes. I'm yeah. back in Watership. Blue moon. Blue moon. Blue moon. Oh, I can't remember it, but it's very, very good. Blue moon. Screaming. By the time you read these words, I'll be gone. Dear John. Do you know what? Just from yeah. like seeing that, I suddenly realise. Do you know you get a lot of those Jason Bloom horror films like Insidious, where you have like a 1930s track on the background on like an old um, uh, disc machine, you know, like an old vinyl record. That comes from American Werewolf in London. There's kind of 1930s like um, uh, swinging kind of like uh, jazz ballads, but of a ghost setting. I've just suddenly realised that that is that's a very American Werewolf trope. With those classic films, you see how they've inspired more modern horror films. Dear yet, John, dear John, by the time, the time you read these words, words I'll, I'll be gone. gone. That's, it's a classic. It's a, it rolls off the lips. It really does. Um, the other thing is you can tell how American World in London it's very much it's pulled off that style of filmmaking that's very in vogue today which is the hybrid in the sense that it's a real mix of different genres bashed together you can definitely tell someone like edgar wright who's done things like baby driver Shaun the dead was heavily inspired by american werewolf in london and it's very hard to keep to create that balance of comedy horror you know really um yeah. mix up different styles okay let's have a little listen to a tiny segment of American uh, werewolf in London. Can I have a piece of toast? Get the fuck out of here, Jack. Thanks a lot. I can't take this. Am I asleep now, awake or what? I realize I don't look so hot, David. But I thought you'd be glad to see me. David, you're hurting my feelings. Hurting your feelings? Has it occurred to you that it might be unsettling to see you rise from the grave to visit me? Sorry to be upsetting you, David, but I had to come. Aren't you supposed to be buried someplace in New York? Yeah. Your parents came to my funeral. I was surprised at how many people came. 
Now, why should you be surprised? You were a very well-liked person. Yeah, I was, wasn't I? Well, I liked you. Debbie Klein cried a lot. Oh, God, am I asleep now or what? So, so, you know what she does? She's so grief-stricken. She runs to find solace in Mark Levine's bed. Mark Levine? An asshole. Life mocks me even in death. I'm going completely crazy. David! What? Now, I'm really sorry to be upsetting you, but I have to warn you. Warn me? We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm not listening to this. On the moors, we were attacked by a lycanthrope, a werewolf. I was murdered, an unnatural death. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. Shut up. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. What? Please believe me. You'll kill people. Nurse! Listen to me! Nurse! The supernatural. <laughs> The power of darkness, it's all true. The undead surround me. Have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. I'm lonely. Take your life, David. Kill yourself. Before you kill others. Please don't cry. wonderful were there any moments that genuinely spooked you when he transforms and he's screaming and you see his limbs move and change and he's just in horrific agony and he looks at his arm actually just yeah move and wow that was paw. amazing that's exactly what it looks like do it again indeed yeah literally just looks at his like and he's yeah it sort of it sort like, of grows doesn't it but, yeah, literally, metal, and then the backs of his legs grow. But you know what? There are so many little visuals stuck in my brain from that movie. Oh, absolutely. What, what, what year did it come out? It, it would have come out. Um, it's it's in the eighties. It's early eighties. Yeah, I just wonder how old I was when I when I watched it. So because I, I know where I was notes. living. I was. It's eighty-one. I reckon I was like eight or nine. Fuck that you scene! Yeah, you just said uh, you you saw it quite young. I was thinking, God, I'd be really um, mentally scarred if I watched it that young. I think it was at university. When I'm I sorry, watched but it. I remember Jenny Agatha in the shower. Oh, I do as well. Yeah, well, for a lot of people, she was a railway children. So then to suddenly see her topless in the shower was quite an eye-opening well, experience. Well, I was eight or nine because I know what house I was living in, so I must have been eight or nine. That must have been quite an experience watching that film because it's very intense. And also, um, his friend keeps reappearing. Yeah, in the bathroom a, mirror. Yeah, as a corpse that's decomposing. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really good example of comedy horror, you know, creating that uneasiness visual vibe, but the dialogue being funny. And it's a very hard thing to pull off that kind of blend of amusing moments mixed with the macabre of horror. You can definitely see that Edgar Wright's been inspired by that style. It's a fucking brilliant film. Unless, yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's really inspired. Really inspired. There are just so many little moments in it that you can just pluck out and go, that. Oh, totally, totally iconic. The balloon, the, the balloon running around the park. Yes, absolutely. And the uh, cinema where his friend appears and they have a chat. David, may um, I ask you a question? The lead actor, has he been in anything else? Yeah, I don't think so. I really don't. I found that really confusing as well. I mean, um, let's have a look. But I really don't think he did anything else. Because he's great in it. He's absolutely fantastic. It's almost like the lead actor for Gremlins. It's very odd, isn't it? Yeah, he really did nothing else that I'm aware of. David Norton. Yes, David Norton, that's it. David Norton, shit. Look at him there, shit. Oh my God, well he obviously chose not to. No, he's done loads, I take it back. But what's he done, a lot of television? I, I, he certainly didn't star in anything significant afterwards. That doesn't make any sense, does it? 
Very, very strange. Very odd. Right, What's I'm gonna. He's dumb. So, American Wealth in London, The Taking Love Boat, Hot Dog oh, the, the Movie. Love I guess it was like a sort of cult underground kind of hit when it first came out. It wasn't like a massive box office success. Um, let's have a look. So, um, yeah. Hot Dog the Movie. I mean, blimey. I mean, yes, okay, he's been um, employed, but looking at this stuff... Lovely. It runs at 1 hour 37, David. Oh, yeah, absolute, just um, perfect. Just what you want. It's absolutely just um, tick, 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 perfect stuff. You would have thought the director um, would have at least have um, re-employed him for stuff. Music department and additional crew. I mean, I think both those... Main characters like his him and his mate. I think they've got and they've done. I mean, his mate was his, in Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, absolutely. His mate has definitely been in stuff. John Landis, you would have thought, would have um, employed him in other things. Mm. Um, certainly, um, yeah. Griffin June, his friend, has been in a lot of stuff. But yeah, David Norton, literally just. Um, okay, Mike Rolls says a very sudden ending. Did the budget run out? Now, I, I can sort of remember the ending. Oh, let's not give anything away here, but come on. Did it feel sudden? No, he says that um, uh, John Landis definitely wanted that ending. It does feel sudden, does it? and it is a bit of a shock, but it's got that kind of punky, going-against-your-expectations vibe. Also, he said he wanted it to have a Twilight Zone feel, like a cliffhanger, like a bang, that's it, ending. Um, and he went on to do the Twilight Zone movie, didn't he? Which he got into trouble for because someone died on his film set, uh, John Landis, um, the director of it. But he that that ending was very much um, planned. But, it, but it's got that kind of um, self-awareness to it, isn't it? That it's playing with conventions, American Werewolf, which is why you cite directors like Edgar Wright, you know, these big modern directors that have been clearly very much influenced by it but certainly you see him in the alleyway and then suddenly you get the rock Whoa! music I'm oh, sorry 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 no more no more so David it's time now to tell us how many chock ices out of five you're going to give this movie so here we go David G P W Edwards American Werewolf in London, how many chalk ices out of five? Certainly five. Goes without saying. Five out of five. Very, very impressive. Lives up to the hype. And also, um, I think it's, it's one of those films where I've had a lot of films in the past where it's like, I respect it, but I wouldn't say I love it. Werewolf, uh, American Werewolf in London, you've got it on two prongs in the sense that, number one, I can see how it's gone on to influence modern filmmaking and why it's respected, but I also just loved it watching it. So I was engaged and entertained, and at the same time, I can see why it's it's massively respected. That's nice, David. So you respect it, but you loved watching it. Absolutely. It's like Seven Samurai or Forbidden Planet. I can see why they're significant films and how they influenced um, you know, modern-day filmmaking. But I wasn't consistently engaged. Mm-hmm. American Werewolf. And also, it was more experimental and kind of uh, idiosyncratic um, than I expected. Like the, the Nazi monster dream sequence. Yeah. You know, it really did go off. Some of the dream sequences are nuts. Like there's one dream sequence in a forest, which is really yeah, surreal. Yeah, God, yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's quite experimental as well as being just, you know, horror comedy entertainment. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie review. Not, not a problem. Thank you. Thank you. David Edwards Movie Tips. David, have you got any movie tips for us this week? Movie recommendations. It's a book I read in this last week, and it's a book that um, Hollywood has gone out of its way to option, and Paramount have won the rights to it. And once again, it's linking to this video game craze. 
that's going through um, Hollywood at the moment. Cricket 22? It's not Cricket 22. It's called um, uh, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And it's um, a platonic romance between two game designers. And um, so it's not your traditional romance. And it's about a, a female and male character. And they start designing games together. And they go through different eras of the video game um, history, if you like, from like um, sandbox exploration games all the way into virtual reality. And it's then dealing with their creative and potential romantic relationship whilst building these big game design kind of innovations that their company creates. And I read it over the week and it's very, very good. And Paramount has spent a lot of money on it. And... Um, once again, it's part of this whole video game craze at the moment, whereby it's not just uh, video games being adapted, but it's the actual book itself. And I'm not a massive gamer at all, and I found it fascinating. Do you game? Very... Do you game? Um, I have on and off moments. Like I had my nephew over recently, and I played a lot on the Nintendo Switch. And I paid Pets... Is it Pets Crossing? It's, an... it's Animal Crossing, not Pets. Oh, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. You played that, did you? I found it quite un underwhelming, really, because people were quite obsessed. It was the latest Nintendo craze, and I was playing it with my sister. And um, the underwhelmed like, uncle, the underwhelmed uncle. That'll be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> and um, I wasn't Mario Kart. I got into that in a big way. Pokemon's um, that was quite interesting, particularly with the Nintendo Switch, because you can actually you go around a map looking for them. When you find them, it's more like the Nintendo Wii. You've got to stand up and actually fight them with the controllers. But um, uh, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, it gives you a real taste of the history of game design, because each video game they create together represents that era. And it's a lot to do with sexism as well, because her role as a female game designer is not respected by the male um, co-workers in a company and um, it's an interesting romance that blossoms more as a creative partnership than an actual erotic partnership type of thing there you go and paramount has spent a lot of money on it and it's going to be a big big movie and any movies very quickly in the last week or so you've watched it you go yeah try this one out you might like it do you know what i've watched um four movies recently and all of them have left me a bit underwhelmed. Dungeons and Dragons, the Chris Pine film, I found that very problematic. Not based on the... Yes, it is, based on the those characters. game. Um, oh, do you mean, oh, sorry, I thought you meant the little animated series in the 80s. Oh, they do do a nod to the animation, animated series, though. They do a nod to that. The most bizarre... Sorry, carry on. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry. What were the other movies that left you feeling? The most bizarrest one I watched. Really odd is air about the um, the contract where Michael Jordan signed a contract for the Nike Jordan trainers. And it is the most pro-consumer capitalist propaganda film I've ever seen. With films about um, big corporate mergers like um, Social Network and Jobs, the Steve Jobs one, they at least had like a kind of... Um, a, a Shakespearean negative take on capitalism that yes you know anyone can get you know if you focus and you're dedicated you've got a dream you can get rich but there's a um, there's a dark message and underbelly to capitalism whereas air is almost like um, if Michael Jordan hadn't signed and um, and put his name to the Nike trainers this amazing uh, creation wouldn't have taken place. It's almost as though the, the film set like Apollo 13. Like, if they hadn't have um, signed Michael Jordan up to Nike, we wouldn't have landed on the moon, or uh, slavery wouldn't have been banished. It's almost as though, you know, capitalism is this amazing thing, and without Michael Jordan and Nike, the world would never be the same. They're like giving each other high fives, like they've just, you know, um, saved Tom Hanks and Kevin Bacon and Apollo 13. Did you watch that it's, at your cinema, local cinema? I did, Absolutely. And it's very, it's 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 a very pro-consumer capitalistic film, almost like it's a propaganda movie. And it sounded like that left you feeling cold, cold and confused, very cold and confused in a big, big way. Um, don't get Chuck me wrong, I, Chuck Ices out of five, air two and a half because it's very well performed and very well filmed. 
It's very well performed. Matt Damon's very watchable in that. You're doing a lot of finger work this morning. Absolutely. I, I need to put those away. No, back in actually the raise them higher. Oh, there we go. Let's <laughs> wait until <laughs> Yeah. Well, Let's thank you very much, David, for this week's movie tips. That's tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow. Yep. And air, potentially. Some people might like it. I found it very bizarre and odd. Yeah. Um, and what else? Oh, and Renfield I watched recently, the Nicholas Cage film, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt is just doing an impression of Hugh Grant throughout the entire movie. I can do um, a good Hugh Grant impression. Oh, yes. It's good fun, though. Don't get me wrong. Ray, 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 it's good fun in places. Sorry, Hugh Grant impression. No, no, no. I'm just saying I can do a good one. Oh, but share it. No, please. no, no, no. no. Oh, Thank you so much. No, 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 no. Really? No, no, no. No, 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 no. But I mean, Rainfield, I will say, Rainfield, Rainfield. Um, it's good in places, it's good fun, but um, it didn't quite hit the hype. That um, Some of the action sequences are somewhat over the top. Nicholas Cage is, is good fun in places, but Nicholas Holt is literally doing Hugh Grant, which is odd because that's his first film, wasn't it? About a boy. Right. So it's almost like he's doing a homage to the... It's like, surely you realise you're just doing a Hugh Grant impression. So I found that slightly... Took me out of the action a bit, but um, it's one of the writers who did Rick and Morty who wrote it. Right. Um, and you can definitely see that element of self-aware humour involved. Well, thank you very much, David, for this week's movie tip. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Got you. <laughs> Absolutely. That was Hugh. That, that, got you. Oh, that was a Hugh Grant there. Oh, right there we yeah. go. I was going on there. I wasn't I thought he was just going freestyle. It's a podcast. If he wants to have a little giggle to himself, why not? But crying out loud. It's all, it's all about being a bit light, but, gay, and on your feet. Well, isn't it, on a podcast. Uh, got you. Well, that's what it's like. like oh, oh, gosh, Dracula's oh. calling me again. I have to oh, oh, feed him. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I mean, it's... Um, oh, I mean, the golly. Okay, that's thank you, spot David. Spot on. Spot on. That's exactly what you're dealing with in, in Rainfield. Renfield. Renfield. There we go. Get it right, Edwards. For right. crying out loud. You sexy young Brit. Trying oh, Mandy. <laughs> just went, you sexy young Brit. You are when you talk like what, that. What, to Hugh Grant? To me. To what you do you mean? No, not you, David. When you talk like that. When you do that impression, you're yes. a sexy young Brit. Yes. Leave that the end that of the podcast. Not during recording, please. Oh, yeah, you can jealous. express yourself later you're on. Okay, thank you very much. David Edwards Random Movie Generator Right David, so now it's time it's my favourite part of the uh, podcast. It's the random movie generator. Mandy is chug, chug, chugging along in the background. She's ready to spit out some movies for you to potentially review. How are you feeling? I think you've had a, you've been pretty lucky recently. You've had Hurt Locker. You've had American Wealth in London. You've well, I had the Travelling Sister Pants. That was pretty horrific. Yeah, actually, you had that really bleak Russian war movie as well. Um, come and Russian see. War movie. Was it come and see? Oh yes! Oh my god! I've yeah. forgotten about that. That was scarring. Flipping heck! I guess it did its job. So I mean, it was a good film, but flipping, he skipped the next morning in the shower. I was going through it in my head. Yeah. God, that okay. was some scarring imagery. So let's hope we can get you an absolute corker to review. Yes, yes, this please. Week. Yes, please. So, this is where. If you don't know this podcast, welcome along. Um, David chooses three movies randomly and then blindfoldedly has to pick one of those movies to review for next week. And it's lovely. And it's lovely. So, David, please choose the genre, uh, bear with, of the first movie. Stop. Science fiction. Very nice. I love a sci-fi. That's my, my golden spot. I think that's my best genre. Please love choose the decade. 
Stop. Yeah. 1960s. Okay, it could be good. 60s sci-fi. And generate, please, Mandy. So Mandy has generated four movies. Press and the button. She's, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Please spin those movies, Mandy. And then tell Mandy when to stop spinning, David. Press the button. Batman. 1960s Batman. 1966 Batman. So that's um, the TV show movie. Just says 1966 Batman. Adam West, Burt Ward. Gosh, that's just about sci-fi, I guess. Yeah. But there we go. I mean, I don't think I've ever watched the actual Batman. That would be interesting to watch, although I don't know if it would keep you occupied for an hour and a half or whatever. But it'll be an interesting one to check out. Okay. Here we go. Uh, the genre of the second movie. Take your time, David. Over to you. Stop. Western. Okay. I'm never sure about Western. And the decade. Stop. 1970s. Okay. And um, we generate, please, Mandy. That could be good or it could be a real handful. So, Mandy has generated four movies. She's spinning around. Now it's time for you to tell her when to stop. Press the button. My name is Nobody. Is that a Clint Eastwood film or? No. Terence Hill, Henry Fonda. My name is Nobody. Never heard of that one. I've obviously heard of the director and actor. Okay. Okay. How are you feeling at the moment? You've got Batman and My Name is Nobody. Not great, not confident. Okay. Batman will be um, something of interest for the first few minutes to see how they've taken that kind of um, TV show format and given it the big film treatment. Um, my name is nobody. I've never heard of that one. Maybe it's bad that I haven't. Okay. I'm not a Western king. Although the Westerns I have watched doing this, I have enjoyed. Okay, David. Over to you. Take your time. I feel like well, I'm taking your time. Get... You've got to take your time. Okay, okay. Choose the genre of the third movie. Stop. Comedy. Okay, that, 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 that could be good. And now, choose the decade stop 1950s oh Jesus that's not good humour dates in a big big way okay let's go for it Mandy has generated four movies she's spinning around please tell Mandy when to stop Stop. Sissy. What the fudge is that? Dear God, this is a bad week. Sissy. How do you even spell that? S-I-S-S-Y. Oh, fucking hell. That is a, that's a tricky old week. Let me tell you what other movies were. Singing in the Rain, Some Like It Hot, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Oh, my Lord, any of those? Yeah, and you went for Sissy. All right, listen, okay? What was the sci-fi one? I don't like the way we react to movies that are 50 years old. In fact, I've had enough of it on this damn podcast. Let me tell you this. IMDb gives it 7.4. Who's in it? Mm. Yes, I am. I've got a Carl Heinz Boom. And Magda Schneider. What, what's it about? Does it give a, a brief synopsis? Let me tell you. A schmaltzy, but moving. Oh. Let me find it for you. Sissy is an Austrian film. Directed by Ernst Marinschka. <laughs> it sounds horrific. It sounds really quite um, 
<laughs> right. Fucking hell, I'm so sorry. But you know, you've had America. Oh. That, the, the poster is of a lady wearing a big golden ball gown going like that. Oh, there you go. There's some hope there. <laughs> there is some hope. There's a silver lining. Flipping hell. You never know. I mean, no. there's a reason why it was generated. You never know. A lot of the time, I do come to these films with low expectations. And this, this could be right. This could. Shall I find out how long it is? Not too bad. Not too bad. One forty. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. This could. This could be one of your. This could be a quadruple sitting at the very least. It really could be, couldn't it? Let's. I really want to know what I'm going to be handed here, actually. Shall we uh, work out which film I'm going to be um, jo- going Josh off with? Josh Sr. says, um, Sergio Leone wrote My Name is Nobody. Oh, there you go. That's a positive. Okay. God, sorry, David. I thought you were watching Sissy. You're not. I'm so sorry. I thought I'm getting lost in Sissy. You've got to now choose. Apologies. Yes. Fucking absolutely. idiot. I'm, sorry, everyone. I'm very much kind of like uh, on tender hooks here. Okay. I'm going to go off with. I've mixed them all around. I've given them an A, a B, and a C. I've mixed up the A, the B, or C, and C, or have I? Yeah. And now it's time for you to choose which movie you're going to review next week. Is it going to be A? B O C B Sissy Oh for fudge's sake What a disaster Dear 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 me So what is the spelling of that Okay let's start Working out what this film is Is it S-I-S-S-Y S-I-S-S-I S-S-I, flipping heck. Here we go. Let's, um... Suckard says multiple sittings should be illegal. He's right. It, do you know what I mean? It's, I do uh, respect what he's saying there. I think it is disrespectful. It is coming up very quickly, this sissy. It's got good reviews. I'm looking at on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Jess says might be brilliant. Whereas Richard Locke just went, oh, mate. I mean, Listen, have any seen it? I love that you're going to watch this movie in that, I hope that's not selfishly. You might come back and go, do you know what? This is a cracking little film here. Well, Rotten Tomatoes, no one's reviewed it. It's got audience reviews and that's it. Oh. Mandy didn't think much of David's duel, clearly, says Guy Anderson. <laughs> Clearly not. That's a not str- impressive. So you had Batman. Uh-huh. Batman, my name is nobody in Sissy. Sissy. On the other um, uh, sci-fis, it was um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd like to have re-watched that no. massively. Um, what Sissy. else was on there? I should tell you, really. La Jetie. What's La Oh, was that the... Um, 12 Monkeys, that was what ba- 12 Monkeys was based on. Right, French science fiction. Um, yes, it is the French science fiction. Yeah, that that's what um, 12 Monkeys was the based Western, on. The Western, there was Jeremiah Johnson. That's one of my favourite films, that. But anyway, you got Sissy. And it's a Blimey. comedy. I'd love it if you sat there watching it and within half an hour you're like, <laughs> this is bad. You're really laughing. <laughs> Slapping my thigh and yeah. divorcing in a big, big way. Yeah. Who you never know, do you? I mean, they look happy and laughing in the poster. Um, a lot of the audience scores are um are quite positive. Uh, my comfort movie and a guilty pleasure. There you go. So you know, you never know. Oh, I hope you like it, David. Thing is, you know, this is what I've signed up for, Captain. Peter RM got... says, if David enjoys it, there are two sequels waiting for him. Is he joking or no, is he no. actually... Think, well, I don't know. It didn't seem to be joking. Sissy 2 and Sissy 3. Well, yeah, I'm looking at it now. There's not many reviews for it. <laughs> we've, it's kind of like... we've never been so perplexed by a movie before. We're absolutely, we can't believe what we found. Sissy. 
but the audience scores do sound um, look impressive. It's they say it's like an Austrian version yeah, of an old Dr. Disney Greggles, film. Don't read reviews before you watch it. I agree uh, with that, right. Dr. Greggles. Yeah, Dr. Greggles, you are I quite, completely quite agree right with that. Go in uh, there. Yeah. With your mind open, yeah. your heart open. Yeah. Some people spend it. hours and hours and days and weeks and weeks to make this movie. Let's let's respect them. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Doctor Greggles, thank you for that. I doff my cinematic cap to you, sir. Yeah. You're quite right. Yeah. Listen, wonderful. Thank you so much, David, for this week's movie review. I'm really sorry, everyone. I can't do a Patreon. I've got to shoot off to. Um, Plymouth immediately. I'm going to be well, late. Have um, a good time and. Um, should we do an extra your... patron next week? A- extra abs- questions. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Goes without saying. Um, thank you so much, David. Thank you for your reviews and your movie wow. news and tips. And, um, I can't wait to hear what you thought of Sissy. I've got to keep my mind open. I've got to be optimistic about this. I'll be sitting in it. I'll be watching it today. Yeah. And um, Dr. Greggles is quite right. I'm not going to get reviews. I'll be going there with great optimism. Yeah. Jeff Dallas says no more reviews. Random movie generator.